You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for joining me today on this journey through life. I don't know, man. Leave me alone. If you'd like to participate, if you'd like to call in, the phone number here is 608-501-0718. That number again, 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. It doesn't look like we have any new callers, so we're going to kick it off the only way we know how with Nate Dog. All right, there wasn't a pack night after dark uh, today, so I don't know how these are all going to time out, but we got the answer. For the record, for new callers or old callers, they never time out. It very rarely is going to make any sense in terms of timeline. So just call in, give me your thoughts, and we'll talk about it. For our first trivia question of are you smarter than a pack daddy? So the American Film Institute has these two famous quotes from Jerry Maguire in their top 100 movie quotes of all time. And the answer is show me the money. Yep. That's the easy one. And then you have me at hello. Oh, so one, uh, some people confused. You had me at hello, movies, not you so complete. What is you, you completing right? from? Um, call in and uh, say how smart you are, and we'll find you had out me at hello. Daddy got them correct when he uh, was it? when he hears that first message. Was it from Jerry Maguire? You complete me. I gotta Google it. No, that's the same thing. I just had the wrong part of that. <laughs> I knew the scene. I'm surprised you complete me isn't ahead of uh, you had me at hello. Is what it is. I got, uh, I'm going to say I got that 60% right. And yeah, Nate, this is mostly going to be trivia for me because um, we're a little backlogged here. But, you know, it is what it is. Hey, Ryan, are you ready for trivia question number two? Yeah, um, Are yeah. you smarter than a pack daddy? All right, well, just jump right into it. Whether you're ready or not, I don't really care. <laughs> it's fine. Um, the movie Hoosiers, uh, mm. it's a basketball movie, if you haven't seen aware, it, so uh, but it's this is going to suck. One. So the movie Hoosiers was renamed in some international markets due to some other countries not having a word for or knowing what a Hoosier is, um, which is a person from Indiana, uh, if you were curious. But the question is, what was it renamed? So what was the new name of the movie Hoosiers in some international markets to make it better to understand? So back go. Um, the men from Indiana. I don't know. I mean, it would, I'm, it's it's the most obvious answer, isn't it? If you don't have a word for it, you do the literal translation, which would be "men from Indiana," right? I don't know. I I'm not sure. All right, Trucker Bob, what do you got, man? Hi, Ryan. This is Trucker Bob calling in once again. What's going on? We traveled across the country in our truck, and we hit the Mojave Desert out here in California. Nice. We had my first sandstorm I've ever tried driving through, 40 to 60 mile per hour winds. I was dumb enough to open the door and step outside. Now I'm sitting here trying to pick the sand out of my hair and Yikes. out of my ears and nose. and <coughs> Ooh, crunchy. Yuck. <laughs> Anyways, Thank you. my question yeah. is this. If a team 
consistently pushes 20%, 10%, whatever, pick a figure, of their salary cap into the future, are they always giving themselves like a 10 to 20% bonus on top of the salary cap every year to re-sign players? Is that mathematically possible to do and try such a thing? Just curious. I'm not smart enough to figure out the math on that. I thought maybe you could. Have a good night. Well, no, because the problem is they did it last year too. So, so I mean, you can give yourself a 10% um, reduction every year, but you're not factoring in the part where you are spending additional money this year because of last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that when you were pushing money into this year. So you might have a, you know, I mean, in the second year, it's probably not going to be 10% because you took that 10% and you spread it out over multiple years. And I know the salary cap goes up, but that's irrelevant to this particular discussion. It goes up for everybody. The question is how much you have right now as opposed to what you would have had if you had not employed this strategy. So the first year you save 10%. And let's just say you spread it over five years. Well, then next year there's a 2% increase, but then you drop a 10%, which means effectively you dropped it 8%. Then you spread that out over five years. Let's just say we keep going five years into the future. Well, the next year it went up 4%, and then you dropped it 10%. So you dropped it actually 6%. But now you've done this three times, so there's a 6% increase, and then you drop it 10%. See what I mean? Where it keeps building and building and building and building and building. Now, the good news is it's never going to go up over 10%. So all you're going to do is you're going to push out money to be able to, uh, you, you get to the point where you have to push out the money in order to just break even. But that's the point, you're only breaking even. You don't have to do it, you're just, you're just in, you know, going negative, I guess. So I, I'm, I think that's uh, what you're saying, and obviously it's never going to be that clean in terms of how much you push out, and then, you know, one guy, you're going to push it out a year. One guy is going to be three years, five, and that's why you got a cap guy that's monitoring every single one of these things that's taking place and trying to track it and making sure that everything fits just nicely. It's like a giant puzzle. But that's the thing. We look at how much cap we're saving, and really, we're, we're not really saving anything. We're pushing money out to correct for the inflated cost of all the previously pushed out money. So we have to push out new money to fix the old pushed out money, if that makes sense. Hey, Ryan. It's Brian from Connecticut. Hey, man. Uh, I've been away for a few days on a small little vacation, and uh, so you've already addressed this. My apologies. But I wanted to get uh, ask a question. Um, if Rodgers doesn't play next year, or I should just, if Love is a starting quarterback, yeah. are there two different approaches by the Packers if Rodgers retires versus if Rodgers is traded? Um Obviously, if he's traded, we have additional assets coming back, whether that's players, picks, or something else. If he retires, then it's maybe more of a rebuild or a true rebuild. Um, wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, and also... You- I don't think so. Um, I mean, if you think you have the pieces, you're going to go in. And I, I don't think a draft pick is it going to make that big of a difference? And that assumes that the draft pick is this year instead of next year. So if we trade somebody and we get one asset, I can't imagine we are one, let's just say, first-round pick away. Let's say it's pick 13 and that's all we get. I can't imagine that's the difference between this team is no good and we need to tear it down and rebuild it and, um, you know, let's let's go all in. So, no, I don't think so. I think there's a plan, and then there's can we use this to help further that plan? Which, either way, whether it's a teardown and rebuild or whether we're going all in, if you get another pick, it serves the same purpose. Because if you're going all in, you draft a player to help you to win the Super Bowl. If you're tearing down and rebuilding, then the plan is to um, maybe move away from some of the older, more expensive guys and to acquire more younger, talented, cheap guys, which would be a draft pick. So either way, you're drafting a guy that's a good football player. Your thoughts on uh, you know some of the guys like Bachari and Clark, who I've seen some things on Twitter like should we trade Bachari, should we trade Clark? Um, I firmly believe 
you want Bashari, whether it's Love or Rogers at, at quarterback. Um, you don't, I don't think you want unproven tackles on both sides if, uh, if it's Love at quarterback. And, uh, when Bashari was healthy last year, he was still, I believe, top five, top six, uh, left tackles or tackles in general. Um, whereas Clark, uh, and please don't interpret this as me advocating for him to leave, but as you've mentioned many times, he's, he's kind of un- un- underperforming compared to his contract. Um, you know, and maybe he's somebody that if we go into a soft rebuild that um, we might move on from. But why don't you get your thoughts on, on both of those? That's right. Bye-bye. Yeah, I don't really see them planning on doing anything super drastic, at least right out of the gate. Um, I I can't, let's just put it this way more specifically, I don't see them doing any kind of a real genuine rebuild. First of all, they've already begun restructuring contracts, which is a necessity anyways. They have to do it, again, to fix all the issues from the past. You can't say, no, we're going to rebuild, so we're not going to do it. Well, you can't because you don't have enough money. You're less than broke. But even still, I mean, if if Rodgers comes back, are we going to rebuild? Of course not. And like I've mentioned before, if it's um, Jordan Love, you at least want to wait a year because you don't want to start selling people off and planning on investing in the future because you assume you don't have anything and then you get, you know, I mean, just imagine a scenario where you get into the playoffs and lose narrowly having just gotten rid of David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark and then having to answer for why in the world you did that. And the only thing you can say is, well, I didn't think we would be that good. So we got to see what the situation is. But either way, I think the situation is we continue. And, and, and there's not a whole lot we can do. I mean, the, 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 we can't really begin to tear down because financially we can't afford it. We can't go all in because financially we can't afford it. We kind of just have to hang on for dear life and, and you know, it's kind of like a plane that's in a, in a free fall. You just kind of hang on and try to pull out of it. That's all we're doing. We're, we're restructuring contracts because we have to, period. Well, does that mean we want to keep them? No. Does it mean we want to get rid of them? No. doesn't mean anything. Whether we want to or not, we have to. So I think it just is what it is. I think, I think everything that is going to be done is set in stone regardless of what the Packers think about this team because they've put themselves in a situation where they're just kind of stuck. Whether they want to, whether they believe in the team that they can actually win or don't believe in the team and think that they need to get younger, um, I don't know the answer to that, but it looks the same from our perspective is what I tend to believe. Hey, Ryan, a non-Aaron Rodgers-related question. Um, A lot of people seem to call in and think if we had an owner, different decisions would be made and stuff, and... I get it, but I'm, I don't know. I, I don't want an owner. I'm, I think it's a much better structure to have the board and have a football guy on top than somebody like Jerry Jones who, you know, he's going to make the decisions that's always going to make you a contender, but when's the last time they went to an NFC championship game? What was it, 94? Like, he gets pressed enough, but he, he does things just enough in the wrong way, I think, by overpaying or whatever it is, you know, making those emotional-type decisions versus business ones. That I think that was what ultimately holds them back. Um, but anyway, so along those lines, I know Mark Murphy, because there's like an age limit, right, or whatever, so um, I know he's stepping down, I think, after this season or next season. Something Coming like at some point soon. Um, I'm just curious who – potentially replace him. I don't know. Was he under Ted Thompson for a while and kind of like the obvious choice? Um, Or like, is there anybody there now that seems to be, hey, this person will probably take this role? And like somebody said, the the coach and GM both report to him. So if anybody's going to be like, hey, we're getting moving on from Rodgers, like he has that say. Um, And I don't know that Mark Murphy doesn't seem like that guy that's going to do that. Maybe the next guy will be, but um, yeah, I was kind of curious because that's a potentially big change for the organization coming up if that person who replaces him chooses to be more hands-on. So, uh, let me know your thoughts. Go back, go. Yeah, so the, the difficult thing about this is I don't really have anywhere to start. I mean, I can give you a list of names, but I, I don't know... 
I don't know where the Packers are at, what they're looking for, and what people would be interested in the job, although I'm guessing a lot of people would be very interested in being the freaking CEO of the Green Bay Packers. But let me give you a list of a couple names just based on similar qualifications to uh, Mark Murphy when he got the job. Again, this is just, I don't know what the Packers are looking for, but let's just do that. Um, Gene Smith, Ohio State Athletic Director. Spent a lot of time uh, doing college football, athletic director type stuff. Also, former football player, which, by the way, is the people that we're looking for. Um, Oliver Luck, who is an American businessman, executive, and former football quarterback. Currently the executive director of ASUN WAC Football Conference. He was the athletic director for West Virginia and uh, was the quarterback for the Oilers for five seasons. Also, a lot of different stuff. Vice President of Regulatory Affairs for the NCAA and Commissioner of the XFL. So, obviously, a lot of good stuff there. Kevin Warren would be a pretty good option, but the Bears hired him to be their new president and CEO. But he was a former president of the Big Ten and former lawyer like uh, Mark Murphy. Um, There's Jeff Long, the athletic director for uh, most recently the University of Kansas former vice chancellor and director of athletics at the University of Arkansas, held the same position at Pitt, and also did play some college football. Um, And then uh, one more name I'll throw out there is uh, John Swarbrick, director of athletics at the University of Notre Dame, former football player at the uh, College of Notre Dame, former lawyer specializing in sports law, Uh, He worked as a sports administrator at several universities and also served as the CEO of the Indianapolis-based sports marketing firm Pantheon Partners. So there are, I guess, four names, since we'll take Kevin Warren off that list, that uh, you could consider for the potentially the next Packers CEO. I'll tell you what, I I will plan on doing an article on this over at the Substack looking at different people and their qualifications and uh, people that could potentially be the next CEO of the Green Bay Packers, some positive, negatives, et cetera, et cetera. Because I have seen other people ask about this. And it's also something that not a lot of people that I've seen really address the issue. I'll give a shout out over to our buddy Robin Adams, by the way, because I looked at it to see if anybody else had done this. And this is the only article I can find. Um, Robin Adams over at Wisconsin Sports Heroics wrote an article about this for three people. One of them is Elliot Wolf, which makes sense for a lot of reasons. although. Considering he got passed over for the GM job, I don't know. Different skill set, though, so maybe. Um, Greg Byrne, who's the athletic director for Alabama, and then also Dan, Ap- uh, Dan Don Aponte. Um, and it just says, administrative force in the NFL for 25 years. Uh, following is a quote from her bio. Throughout her 25 years in NFL, Aponte has developed expertise in matters relating to contract negotiations, salary cap management, labor and CBA issues, and day-to-day management of the football business administration operations. So there you go. So several names for you. I, again, it's such an open thing. I mean, you, you, can, you can grab any athletic director from any college program and then grab another 100 people that have, like, Don Aponte or uh, Elliot Wolf. Uh, other people from around the NFL, the general managers, maybe, again, it's a separate skill set, but there, there's so many different areas um, that you could potentially grab from to find some some names, but there's a couple for you. Wait, oh gosh, right, hey, hey, let's go. Hey, man. Hey, you know, right? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay. Did you say there was off-season drama about Aaron? Wait, are you telling me the sports writer people are are saying junk about Aaron Rodgers like this to stir up? What? No, they don't. Well, they wouldn't do that. I make come things on. up sometimes. I'm sorry. I mean, come on. No, I mean <laughs> that's not that can't be. They they wouldn't dare. I mean, come on. That's that's not even. Oh, I can't believe you. Say that, man. That's I'm so sorry. Right. Actually, <clears throat> um, actually, I'm, I'm about to sneak into a, a secret meeting. I heard about it, so I gotta be kind of quiet. I'm gonna sneak in there. It's got like Roger Goodell and all the sports people. Yeah. I'm gonna sneak in and record what they say. All right. So I might have to call. Oh, I gotta call you back. All right. Um, Nico did call back. Here, here's what we found out. Breaking news, by the way, on the Packernet After Dark podcast. Um, 
This is actual live footage of Roger Goodell and others saying things. Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Oh, it's on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Sometimes they don't turn these things on. Hey, everybody. This is Roger Goodell. I'd like to welcome you to coming to our postseason meeting with all the media douchebag sports writers. We figure out what we can say in this offseason to make a lot of money. So don't forget, we want to say a lot of salacious things. We want to say... Breaking news here today. They don't have to be true, but they got to be like really, really... Really kind of crazy. And just say a lot of them. This is and big. say every, whatever you want. This is real and big. If, if, if anything happens, you can always say, well, I have a source. And if you can't see me, I'm putting my fingers in quotes. Say, I have a source. You know, and that always just debunks whatever anybody says, like themselves. You know, we're quoting them, but when they say it themselves, it's not the same. So, are there any questions? Um, oh, you. Uh, Bob McGinn, please go ahead. Hey there, uh, Roger. Hey, this is Bob McGinn. I used to write for the Packers. Yeah, we wow. know, Bob. Oh, sorry, Rod. So, hey, I was going to say, uh, are we going to do our usual thing where we talk crap about Aaron Rodgers, you know, and say a bunch of things about him so everybody freaks out and goes on the websites and clicks? Yes, Bob. That is obviously our main breadwinner for the offseason. We want to say as much Stupid things about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I have an idea. He's on a show by Matt Flackafee every two weeks or so. Why don't you listen to it and then say the opposite? And then when he denies it. Did you say Matt Flackafee? Do that thing where you have a source. I'm doing the finger quote thing again. Do the source. Yes, yes, you got it. Any other questions, Bob? I know, because I was going to say it like that. If he came back to the Packers, they were going to make him a backup to Jordan Love. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Bob, that's a great one. Totally not believable, but please go with that one. Yes, it's great. Uh, so are there any other questions out there? Are uh, you, sir, in the back? Hey, how you doing? This is a Skip, Skip Bayless. Holy crap. Is that Joe Pesci? Oh, Skip Bayless. Okay, I thought that was Joe Pesci. Hey, I was wondering if, am I allowed to talk about the, the Dallas Cowboys? What do you mean, Skip? That's all you do talk about is the Dallas Cowboys. How about ask this question? Can you not talk about the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> Duh! Oh, okay. Hey, I snuck back out. So, yeah, I was in a secret meeting with Roger Goodell and all the sports writers. So I hope they didn't catch me. Oh, oh, they're starting to catch me. I got to run. Dang. Dang. Only. <laughs> and believe me when I say only on the Packernet podcast will you find content like this. I freaking promise you that. Nico, thank you for the great investigative reporting that you're doing. Omar, what do you got for me, man? You 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 breaking into the White House and getting some uh some details for us? Hey, what's going on? It's Omar the Firefighter. How hey, y'all man. doing? Hope y'all doing well. We're fine. Hey, um I'm not hundred percent caught up on the podcast, so somebody mentioned this or have to apologize. whatever. My apologies. I get it. Um but I'm confused on why all these reports coming about uh coming out about the Packers are tired of Rodgers and stuff. Me too. It's because I feel like that will hurt his uh value. Now I wanna get your opinion on that. But I think I heard this trade value like they're like, dang, the Packers even tired of his butt. Like why why do why should we put up with him for a year or two? You know? And and maybe it's all about just, you know, trying to win the Super Bowl, saving their jobs and stuff like that. But uh I just feel like that will lower his value because they know we want to get rid of him. So, like you said, they know you want to get rid of him. Okay, we'll take him off your hands for a third-round pick. Like, and somebody want a third-round pick for that? I mean, that's so low, I almost would still want him. But in reality, I still wouldn't want him. <laughs> but it's, you know, I feel like I'm stuck. I don't know. I, I remember you saying how you feel like his value go up and down. I feel like it's in the it's like the stock market. It's in the low part of the value right. now. I feel like he like a second second round at most right now, you know, depending on the team. Um, uh, the Jets didn't sign Carr yet, but they're talking to him, and I wouldn't know why he would want to go there because they got the young QB, and he'll probably want a long-term deal. But I guess he's going to just do whatever drives price up. So I'm hoping that he signs somewhere else other than the places that we want to trade him to, yep. trade Rodgers to, because that's going to lower his value. And we won't, you know, I want teams compete so we can at least get – Right. One first round out of the deal. Um, 
But I saw some stupid report. I feel like it's stupid that they said the commanders is a surprise team. And I don't see why you want to go there. They got weapons on the outside. Um, I don't know about their running back situation, but I don't think their O-line is good at all. So I don't really know why he would want to go there. But I guess you can convince him and say, hey, when you play the Packers, you know, you got a chance to play the Packers. So you can beat them that way. But I don't know. Hopefully we get him out in the AFC so we ain't got to worry about it, have that same Rodgers Favre game. Even though I did enjoy those games. Those were pretty good games. Um, but either way, all right, go Pack, go. All right, so a lot of different things. Um First of all, as far as the what, we'll start at the end. Washington, it doesn't need to make sense for Rodgers. We just, like I said before, we just need teams competing. And as long as Washington is putting in offers, that's fine. Even if Rodgers is like, I'm not going to Washington, it's like, that's fine. Just keep your mouth shut about it. We want the other teams to think that you want to go to Washington because then they're going to want to give us more stuff. Um I would say then they're going to give you a bigger contract too, but the contract is what the contract is. I don't think they're going to be able to offer him anything else. So hopefully Rodgers is cool about that whole situation. Um, as far as like the lowering uh, the, the trade value by leaking that, you know, with uh, being sick of Aaron Rodgers and everything, we're up to four possible theories on who might have leaked that. Actually, five theories uh, overall. Number one is the most recent theory, which is that Bob McGinn is using old information from a long time ago, and this is no longer true. Number two, this was leaked from Jordan Love's camp. Um, and then the other three would be, this is another team leaking this information, this is Rogers camp leaking the information, or this is the Green Bay Packers leaking this information. So there's a lot of options as to how this eventually got to our eyeballs. As far as why would the Packers do this, you're right, it, it does lower the value. The only reason that I could think that they would do it would be out of desperation to try to ensure that Rodgers is not back. Even knowing that it's going to lower their value, they see this as desperation. We need to get out of this. We need Rodgers to go bye-bye, and um, we want him to feel unwelcome here, which he apparently already does. He's made comments about that. And so if he comes out of his his isolation and um, sees reports that the Packers said they're sick of him, two different reports, by the way, within 24 hours of each other, saying that... Um, the Packers are disgusted with him on one hand and on the other hand saying that Gutekunst directly made a comment to somebody that it's time to move on, then maybe Rodgers would kind of see that and go, all right, you know what? I'm not doing this with you. That's the only reason, because you're right, it doesn't increase his value. But if you feel like you have no leverage to get him out the door, which kind of is the situation, and you need him to make that decision to either be traded or retire, which kind of is the situation then you may be willing to lower his value ever so slightly, which, let's be completely honest, how much is it actually going to lower the value? I mean, what the, the Jets are going to be like, dude, he's totally worth a first-round pick, and then see some random article by Bob McGinn and go, dude, I'm not giving up more than a third because apparently they're sick of him. I doubt it. They know what they know about Aaron Rodgers. They know the rumors about him in the locker room and how he is around coaches and GMs, and they either believe it or they don't. This is not the first report. But you're right, it, it's not the most likely that it would be the Green Bay Packers that quote-unquote leaked that information to Bob McGinn. And that's assuming, by the way, that th those are five scenarios in which we're talking, well, those are five scenarios in general. I guess there's more scenarios. One of them would be nobody in a larger macro sense leaked it, like the organization made a decision to leak it. And instead, it really was what Bob McGinn claims, which is just an inside source. In other words, the Packers don't want this getting out, but... You know, Bob McGinn's having a few cocktails with some guy that's close with the organization. and They're just, you know, yucking it up and talking, and he lets it out like, yeah, these guys are freaking sick of him, man. They're disgusted with this guy. They, they're, they're tired of him and all his garbage and his nonsense. And he goes on and tells everybody that. And Gutekunst and LaFleur and Murphy are sitting there going, who the heck told him that? A lot of options, man. Who knows what's going on? I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh... You know, lost. Uh, nope. Salted, as I was going to say. My uh, other part that I wanted to mention was, um, since all these reports coming out about uh, us not wanting Rogers, supposedly, which I hope is true. Um, Rogers, I think that would piss him off, and and I think that's a dumb way. Maybe that's their way of trying to say, well, let's make sure he wants to get traded. Right. 
But I think that's kind of dumb. It is. Because. And cowardly. Again, that'll piss him off. He could be like, let's say, we, like I called him, let's say, oh, we're trading to the commanders. All right, commanders goes first round pick. Yay. And then he's like, well, I'm not playing for them. I'm going to let them know I'm going to retire. Yeah. You know? And like, Lord, like, oh, well, we just traded for a player and now we're going to retire. And then, like, just messed the whole thing up. You know? Um, and that could be like after the trade, after the draft. So let's say they traded the first round, the commander traded the first round to us, and then Rodgers retires, don't play. I'm, I don't know what kind of. I don't think that could be avoided because it already didn't happen. Let's um, say take our first or second round from us. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But either way, he could kind of. I feel like he could still mix the whole deal or lower his value even more. He'd be like, I still don't know if I want to play. I still don't know if I want just. Just keep saying that basically to where we're holding him and he's not saying he's going to retire, so we still got to pay him. It's just a lot of this is a lot of BS. So I, I don't really feel like that was a smart move if they leak this because um, you can have you know a horrible revenge of Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they can work out a trade and we get at least the first one. Um, hopefully this year versus next year. But I just, like I said, I'm ready for the love time to shine, I, which I believe in, you know, at least 60% of the Packer fans out there are ready for love. So it's, it's just, it's getting drained with A-Rod, man. It's like we already got beat up enough with the breath of And luckily, you know, I just made us almost kind of forget about Favre and made it worth it. So I'm hoping that, it don't get too bad, and then, we, you know, Jordan Love, we need him to save us from all this because you put a lot of pressure on that man. And I think I saw one article that said that uh, Jordan Love doesn't even need to be a great QB. He just needs to be a great game manager. That's all we need. He got the arm. He can make the big play, but just don't turn the ball over. Just do dumb stuff that a was doing all last year. So, all right, anyway, go back, go. I mean, honestly, game managers are kind of making moves all across the league. I mean, how many times do these nobodies pop up and are just adequate and are just kind of taking the league by storm? And the only reason why that that doesn't continue is because they're not actually good enough game managers. You know, it's just kind of fluky. Like, they had a couple good games coming out of the gate. Defenses probably weren't prepared for them. A couple games later, they kind of figure out how to play them and they shut them down. But it seems like all across the league, a lot of teams are capable if the quarterback can just be somewhat adequate. I mean, there's there's a next level of again the Pat Mahomes and all that. I mean that that's a different level of difficulty to stop the team, especially when it's paired with Andy Reid and whatnot. But I think there's a lot of teams that, uh, you know, obviously we would like him to be better than a game manager, but I, I think we've seen game managers win plenty of games. But uh, yeah, I, I um, getting back to the Rodgers thing again, that may be a way of kicking them out. I, I think the easier thing would be to just be honest. Maybe they're concerned if they say, we don't want you here, then, you know, I mean, again, if that gets back to somebody, then it lowers the value. Maybe there's like some 3D chess thing going on. I, I don't know, man. I Again, this is such a convoluted, confusing thing. I really have no idea what exactly is going on, and I'm just looking forward to find out uh, what Rodgers has to say because that at least helps with the process of elimination. If he says, I'm coming back, and that's the end of that, that answers a lot of questions. If he says he's retiring or or if there's a trade thing involved, then it doesn't really answer as many questions, but it answers some. And we can kind of go from there. But right now, there's just, there's, I, 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 I just, I don't have any idea what's going on because nothing makes sense. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back and we got another call from Omar that's going to start us off and uh, we'll just go from there. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. 
Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, what's going on in Omaha? Again, calling you, giving you more content. Like, I yes, sir. I just want to this morning when I got off work. I actually got to sleep all night uh, at the fire station. So I was happy nobody did nothing stupid um, to keep us employed. Anyway, uh, I also wanted to ask you this question. I heard, you know, or I saw that the Packers are trying to see if they can re-sign Lazard. And, yeah. and I saw that, and I almost wanted to, like, throw my damn tablet. Like, what the hell? Like, no. Like, I, I just kind of want to get your point. I, you know, everybody used to feel like, well, he was a great blocker because even when I saw that on social media, I posted that we don't really need to sign him because he want like $12 million a year. And everybody said, what are you talking about? He's a great blocker. And I'm like, uh, no, I already, like, heard that he's not a great blocker anymore. He didn't really do good this season, but they don't want to hear that. It's kind of right. like ingrained in their head. Well, that that's everything. I mean, it's there's no nuance with anything. Nobody ever has bad years or off years, you know, it, like, like with Mercedes Lewis. When he first came here, I went back and I looked and I said, you know, he, he's he's up and down. Some years he grades out really good as a pass blocker, sometimes as a run blocker. I mean, of course, his career is incredible with what he's been able to do as a blocker. That's not debatable, but it's also not true that every single play, every single snap, every single year, every single everything, he's the most elite blocking tight end in the history of the universe. That's just not reality. If you look at the totality of his career, yeah, he's one of the most prolific blocking tight ends, especially in the modern era. But that, you know, th- that doesn't mean, again, every snap, every play, every every season, every everything. Um, it's the same with Lazard. He, he, yeah, I mean, b- via PFF and everything else, he is one of the most dominant blocking wide receivers in football. This past year, though, he was not at all. And yeah, if you tell people that, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, you don't know what you're talking about, you're an idiot. And of course, if you say via PFF, they're like, oh, you believe PFF. But of course, what are they basing their knowledge on? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. They aren't watching every snap. The only reason they know he's a good blocking wide receiver is because they were told he's a good blocking wide receiver. And because Matt LaFleur goes to the podium and says he's a good blocking wide receiver, and um, and that's it. They, they don't know. And yeah, you, you, you can go watch some, some highlights or whatever. I, I, I remember how many times I said he's struggling as a blocker. He's not even, he's, he's the worst pass blocker on the entire team. I'm not talking wide receivers. I'm not, to, I'm, I'm talking at any position, running back, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line, across the board, the worst, worst blocking player on the team, period. And then the next day there would be a Packer game and I would see Lazard block somebody out of this freaking universe and just think, oh, geez, somebody saw that and is thinking, that Pack Daddy guy's an idiot. I got to stop listening to that podcast. But again, this is cumulative. Of course he has good blocks. I didn't say he never has a good block ever. That's not the point. But, um, yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the point, man. People get stuck on these narratives, and they can't get off of it. And I've talked about this a lot. This is why that, I forget the guy's name, but the, the, the Vikings picked up this guy, the pass rusher, and everybody said this is the greatest thing ever. Like, he's, he's dominant, he's elite, he's all these things, despite the fact that he got signed for like $5 million or something stupid. And it's like, you know, he hasn't been good in a long time. Oh, no, look at this one stat. If you look at, you know, if you tilt your head sideways and look at every single uh, Monday between the first half of the first quarter and the third half of the third quarter, he's the best pass rusher in the last three years, excluding two years ago. 
Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Like I saw recently, and the, the stat was completely wrong, by the way. The numbers were off. I, I verified it. They're still pretty good numbers, but if you look at Justin Fields' numbers against playoff teams, they're actually decent numbers. But here's the thing. I mean, just, just by basic logical deduction, what do we know? Considering we, we know two things. Let's just assume, because again, I, th- I think the numbers aren't as good. The, the numbers are way off of what they said. But let's just assume two facts. Number one, Justin Fields' passing numbers were good against playoff teams. Second fact, Justin Fields' passing stats were garbage in 2022. What can we automatically deduce from that? Maybe there's multiple things, but there's one glaring thing that, that stands out to me. What did he do against non-playoff teams? It must have been abysmal, and it was. I looked at it, it was like three... It ended up being the Chicago Bears, and Trevor Simeon played one game, so the stats aren't exactly right, but it's something to the effect of like three touchdowns and 11 turnovers against non-playoff teams or teams with losing records. So, again, we can twist numbers, and we can just believe whatever we want to believe, and that's all people are doing, but bottom line, just listen to this podcast, and I'll tell you what's going on. <laughs> um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Would you rather uh, us spend $12 million and sign oh, Lazar, or would you rather us Jeez. sign another free-agent veteran that maybe, I don't want to say isn't that great because it's not like Lazar was super great this season, but somebody like on his quality level, who do you think you can look up maybe? Who do you think we can pick up that uh, would be cheap but still help us out, at least towards his uh, level that Lazar did? Um, I think the Titans, I forgot what receiver they cut. I think Woods, they cut him, but I don't know if he was hurt or what his stats look like, but he should be cheap. Um, maybe you can see that or just see any other kind of low tier, uh, maybe like boom or bust type of players we could sign that's way cheaper than $12 million because – I mean, I, love, I I like Lazard, and I'm glad he turned into something, but he he's not a number one. He's not a number two to me. He's more like a, a, a dependable number three, and I don't think that's worth 12 million, but maybe it is. You let us know. All right, bye. So there's three different things, and I'm going to forget two of them before I get through this list, but uh, number one, the answer is neither. Um, I, I, I really don't want – here's the thing. I could go out and look at a list and just say, well, maybe, but I I personally don't want any of them. However, that is with the caveat that I will trust Brian Gutekunst. I know he failed last year in, in finding a guy, and I thought there was a potential there, and there was. But I will trust him. If there's a guy out there that's cheap that maybe is going to thrive, I trust that he'll find him. Um, but I can't, because the only thing I'm going to be able to pull up if we're talking about guys that we can afford are wide receivers that are bad at football, and I don't want any of them. So um, would I be opposed to us getting somebody? Not really, but I, I couldn't begin to tell you where to start. Uh, I already forgot number two. Let's jump to number three. Let's just do this. Number two, I don't want Lazard back. And then number three, I, I just want to highlight the reality that, let, let me put it this way, we tried to get Jordy Nelson back, technically speaking. And we offered him, like, a, apparently an insulting contract. So when I saw that there was a report out that the Packers are trying to re-sign Lazard, it didn't really surprise me. But that's only because I don't know the details. I'm not surprised that they try to bring him back. The, the Packers are going to try to bring back most of their guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to bring back Tunyon and Mercedes and everything else. The question is, what value are they trying to bring him back at? Because if they don't try to bring him back, that means that even at a veteran minimum, I don't want you in the building. And so if you think about it from that perspective, how many guys would they not even try under any circumstance at any price to bring back? Not too many. I would assume they try to bring most of the list of guys, if not every single one of those guys back, for at least the bare minimum. It doesn't hurt to try. Now, if you, again, if, you're, if, if the, the thought is that they're trying to get him for $12 million or whatever, and I'm sure it's not the veteran minimum for Lazard, it's probably a number that's higher than what we're comfortable with, but... At this point in time, what I would assume is that they offered Lazard a contract that they're comfortable paying him, and it's significantly less than what he's trying to get on the open market and probably will get, very similar to MVS. I'm sure they offered him a contract, and I'm sure it was significantly less than what the Chiefs offered him. 
And when he took that offer to the Packers, basically just said, hey, best of luck, dude. No way in the world I'm paying you that, but best of luck. And I'm glad that that was a situation. Because regardless of what you think he did with the Chiefs, which was very little, um, he was not worth that amount of money to us. No way. So, um, I mean, I, I really don't want him back under any circumstances. And, and the biggest reason I say that is, he said, what if you get the Venom minimum? I just don't want him competing. I don't want him getting, I don't want somebody that is a talented young rookie sitting on the bench because we got this guy that's not good at football. I should, that's unfair, but he's not great, but he's good enough and we trust him and we're just too scared to, to get rid of him. And plus it's disrespectful and this whole thing. It's like, you know what? Let's just not deal with that. Let's force the young guys out there and let's fight through the growing pains and let's deal with the dirty looks from Aaron Rodgers if he is in fact our quarterback. And let's just fight through that and get to the point in week three, in week five, in week seven, and whatever week it is that finally something clicks, let's just get there. But let's fight through the hard part and get to that point rather than, you know, hiding from it. Let's just get there. So I guess those are my thoughts. Hey, it's Daniel from California. Put up. Man, I, I, we just, you know, we're half starting to see the flurries of the report saying the, you know, Rogers is leaning towards staying with the Packers. And, I have not seen that. You know, he hasn't said anything and his circle hasn't said anything. So we don't really know, but I just think we're at our end with him and it would just be such a disappointment to, for us to go all in again one more year with him to try to win because it's going to come with caveats and everything. And I don't know, man. I just, I think we're at the limit because with the kind of player he is, he has to have every play perfect. And that's not how you make it to the big game. You have to be able to work with what you got and have the, uh, you know, you don't have to have the perfect play. You just got to make it work with what you got. And he has to be this general and, I think it kind of reflects like why Peyton Manning struggled to get there because when things couldn't be perfect, you know, he would, you know, lose in a championship, an AFC championship game or lose in the divisional round. It's kind of the same deal. Like you see Brady, Brady doesn't have that same style thing and neither with Patrick Mahomes. They're, they stay within the system and they have more success. So. I'm just ready for love. He's the system guy. It's, you know, look it up. I'd like to see that system quarterbacks who've gone to the multiple Super Bowls versus these, you know, Peyton Manning field general guys, Aaron Rodgers field general that, you know, check plays and all that. I know it's kind of hard to track like who's who, but, you know, just look at Manning, look at Rodgers, and then look at, you know, I don't know. Breeze, Breeze is a system guy and he's had plenty of success. And I don't, yeah. you know, I don't think he's as good as these other guys. So I don't know. I'm just ready for love. Let me know your thoughts. Go back, go. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, again, I don't know what's going on as far as, as rumors, but I agree that the rumors are basically useless. But, um, yeah, I, I am of that mind. I'm, I'm more of a future minded person. Um, let me put it this way. If the salary cap situation was different, and if I thought there was a chance of, I don't know what the right year amount would be, but it's tough because we're, we're, we're talking about love going away, and that, that makes me nervous no matter what. Well, let's just say five years. If Rodgers was 100% coming back for five years, he would commit to five years. And I could reasonably believe that, number one, we could afford him, and number two, that there were MVP seasons left in him, I'd sign off. Less than that, and we'd have to, I'd have to think about it for a little bit. But right now, we're talking about maybe a year, and I'm not convinced that we get MVP level, and we lose love, and we can't afford it. So, no. And I don't mean we can't afford the cap hit this year. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about if he retires next year, we're in a lot of trouble. So yeah, for all those reasons, on top of the fact that I am genuinely excited about Jordan Love, and I'm, 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 you know, and and maybe there is sort of this feeling of um, being sort of an, what's the word? Just, just, just because something's new, which is stupid, but but you know, we haven't had a new quarterback in a long time, and we haven't had this new vision and this new thing, and 
you know, there, there's this feeling of excitement about like this new thing that could happen when in reality, more than likely, it's probably going to be catastrophic, right? Um, but uh, beyond that, again, we, we really don't have a choice, which is kind of where I reside. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you and I'm with what I assume to be the majority of the fan base at this point, uh, for whatever reason, everybody has their own reasons, you know, put together a list of 10 reasons and the fan base can check their own boxes as to what those reasons are. Uh, but I, I, I tend to think most of the fan base believes that for one reason or another, despite what Rogers has done for us, it's, it's the right thing to do at this point to move on. Hey, Ryan, Daniel from California again. Hey, I was just listening to the podcast and you said you asked the robot a question. I wasn't sure if it was chat GPT or not. It is. So I went ahead and asked them a question about what are the best practices for this podcast is going to change radically. Not only have I discovered ChatGPT, but now you guys have. Oh, my goodness. Uh, managing NFL salary caps. Yeah. And I actually got a pretty solid answer. Nice. Back, Why didn't I think uh, of that? Five best practices. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's actually this. pretty long. But um, number one is have a long-term plan. Yep. And uh, Wait, wait, wait. Did you say long-term or short-term? I'm confused because I feel like what everybody wants is short-term. Did you say long-term? That's weird. That's strange. Take as much time as you need to develop your long-term plan. Yeah. Two, avoid backlogging contracts. What? Um, no. Three, use weekly or uh, use signing bo- uh, bonuses wisely. What? Uh, Hold on. This is such a biased. This is a this robot hates the Packers and hates the fans and everybody that does. this is this is. This is slander. You're making this up, Daniel. That's what's happening. This can't be real. Unbelievable. How dare you bring this slander to my podcast? Um, four, know when to re-sign and release players. Wait a minute. Does it say anything about emotion? About how this player has been with the team for such a long time? How beloved they are? Does does, does the robot not have feelings? Oh, my God. Goodness, this is disgusting what you're doing right now. I'm ashamed of this conversation that we're having. And five, stay up to date with salary cap rules as they change year to year. Okay, I can get behind that one. The other four are disgusting. And uh, me and the rest of the all-in fans are are not going to tolerate this, Daniel. I'll just let you know right now. You and your robot friend are not welcome here anymore. And certain rules may um, can be crucial in managing the cap. Although the cap is fake, and I don't believe in rules, so you can take number five and shove that one too if you want. And when you look at all of this, it's like, oh wow, <laughs> the Packers for a long time did they? This was the Packers, and you know, only the last couple of years they haven't been. And it's funny because they're kind of common sense rules, which is I think why I abide by them, and I've always appreciated it because. I mean, despite the urge to do what is maximally beneficial for right now, if you remove that, yeah, this is this is common sense. I mean, you can apply this to your household budget more or less. I mean, you have to tweak a couple things, but it's the same thing. I'm I'm fine with us, you know, doing some of the things you're not supposed to do, you know, from time to time you know, for sure. a year or two years, but you know, with the whole or for a purpose, you know, like we we genuinely think we're going to win a Super Bowl. I will grant you, whether you agree or disagree, you know, okay, fine, that's a special exemption. But again, given the situation we're in today, that is no longer on the table. So would we continue to do that? Why would we continue to do that? Sorry, I missed the button. There you go. Saying everything, you know, coming to this year and next year with the salary cap, I think we need to get back to these principles. Yeah, 100%. We're always experts at knowing when to release players. When to resign players, good at managing contracts and everything like that. Um, you know, we would do big signing bonuses, but we were good about, you know, balancing out the year to year. Well, and if you think about it, why do you give a big signing bonus? You give a big signing bonus because we want to front load, not necessarily the contract, but the cash. We're front loading the cash. I'm promising you $50 million. I'm going to give you. Um, 30 today, 
right? So, you know, the, the, the cap hit is what it is. Well, the cap hit explodes, right? But I owe you nothing, and I can get out of this whenever I want. That's being responsible. We're going to pay the money up front so that at any point when we decide this is no longer to our benefit, we can walk away. The Packers can't do that anymore. For money where you, you, know, you have the smallest hit the first year and then Mar- you know goes up with the cap and all that. So hopefully we could stay, you know, get back to this and find some, uh, you know, and I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be like this conservative as the Packers. They could still do the splash moves. Right. It's just they need to find a balance. That's the thing. It doesn't have to be perfectly across the board, but generally speaking, it's it's the exact – I'll let you finish because there's a couple seconds left here. Hopefully, you know, we can get back to that within the next two, three years. So uh, that's all I got. Go Paco. Yeah, I really appreciate the call. That was uh, fantastic. Of course it was because it was jet, chat GPT. But um, <laughs> don't mean to take from you, Daniel. But um, it, it, it really parallels what I've been saying about the Packers' draft philosophy – which is generally seen as being best player available. Now, every team is to some degree taking the best player available. And as I've said a thousand times, it is a sliding scale. And on one end of the scale, it is taking a drafting based on need, which nobody is 100% in this direction. On the other end is best player available. And I don't think anybody is 100% in that direction. But generally speaking, the Packers are always identified as a team that was heavily to that direction. It's the same with the salary cap. Nobody is ever 100% in terms of this conservative philosophy that you outlined. But the Packers are always seen as a, as a team that was heavily in that direction in terms of protecting the salary cap. And yeah, I mean, maybe we were a little bit too conservative. But having swung the pendulum to the other side, you look at it now, and, and maybe I'm just overreacting, but I'm looking at, I'm wildly uncomfortable with this situation. And I don't like the, the, flex, the, the lack of flexibility that we have right now. Again, what I just outlined in the, at the beginning of this podcast, I think, unless it was tomorrow's podcast, I don't know. <laughs> they all blend together. But the, the fact that we're kind of just stuck on this path and don't really have a lot of options is a result of the decisions that we've made. It's, it's not so much that it's a better philosophy in terms of getting the best players in here today. It's about having the best available options available to us and, and leaving the future open to, to change, which is, again, that, that goes into the, the draft philosophy as well. We don't know what the problems are of the future. We don't know what the, the, the things are going to change. So we want to be able to focus on process today and let tomorrow take care of tomorrow, or, or even today we're taking care of tomorrow, by giving us maximum flexibility. If we take the best players in the draft today, then tomorrow all we know is we've added high-quality players to the, to the draft without assuming we know what the, the needs are going to be in the future. And the same with the salary cap. I mean, and granted, I mean, we, we, we were stuck, for example, with that Nick Perry contract, which for a little while we were until we were able to get out of it. But there's always a risk that you sign somebody and then they fall off. But long term, continually being stuck. I mean, look at the cycle the Vikings are stuck in with Kirk Cousins with these one year contracts fully guaranteed. They can't get out of that cycle. They're stuck in that. And the Packers now are stuck in these situations where they have to pay guys that maybe they want to move on from. Because they have to restructure the contract. And when you restructure their contract, you lower the cap hit this year, but then you uh, raise, for example, the, uh, the cap hit or the dead cap hit next year if you move on, which is to say maybe today we could get out next year if we wanted to. We look at this player and we say we can get out next year if for whatever reason we wanted to. Once we restructure their contract, we no longer can. We're losing flexibility, which is to the player's advantage. All these restructurings, by the way, th- this is all to the players. The, the players love the irresponsibility that we're, we're, we're dabbling in. It's all to their benefit. All the restructuring, all, the, all this stuff is, is just, it's putting money in their pocket and giving them longer-term guarantees. Let me take some of the future money, stick it in your pocket, and guarantee you that not only, this is what, for example, Preston Smith, we're going to give you a big old paycheck. And not only are you guaranteed to be here this year, you're guaranteed to be here next year. How does that sound? Now, it might be more likely that you're gone in, in two years, but for a guy that's sitting here thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be here this year, not necessarily for Preston, but you know, this year and then next year, certainly to get two more years of guaranteed plus some cash in my pocket, plus whatever my 
my base salary is and all my workout bonuses and everything is for next year. I'm collecting all those paychecks. Of course you would take it. So I agree. I agree with the robot. I agree with you. I would like to, and this is what I've been saying, what feels like almost every day for two years now, I would like to slowly, you can't do it overnight, but slowly transition as best as we can into that. And by the way, the Jair Alexander restructure, the reason I'm okay with that one as opposed to some of the others is because the, his, his structure is weird to begin with, that it's, it's basically flatline. It's a very unusual structure. And when a, when, a, when a salary cap is flat, it's almost sort of front-loaded in that you're paying more this year and then less and then less and then less because the salary cap goes up while the price stays the same. So I have no issue with, with sta- every contract should be staggered, and ideally it should be staggered um, relatively along the, uh, the, the rate of inflation or whatever you want to call that. So if the salary cap goes up, let's just say 10%, then a contract, in my mind, should be structured to be about 10% more every year. And you can, you can spike that a little bit if you want, assuming the guarantees fall off. In other words, I don't mind if there's a spike so long as we don't have to be beholden to that. But if you have a spike and we're beholden to it, that's stupid. And by the way, a, a, a spike that doesn't have any guarantees is not good for the player because they're looking at that and it's there's a good chance they're gone unless they perform at a really high level. Anyways, there's a lot of different things here, but um, a lot of good calls. I really appreciate all that. We're going to leave it at that. Thank you to all the callers. Thank you to uh, the robot. And we will uh, we'll be talking to you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>